Well, today is part five of our series called Ask It, where we've been learning basically the question that answers every other question. You know, anytime you have a, an opportunity before you, anytime you have a big decision that you need to make, there is one question that you can simply ask. Hopefully you've memorized it by now. If you haven't, we're going to put it up on the screen. Let's all say it together. In light of my what? In light of my past experiences, my current circumstances, my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? What we said is, look, you don't ask what's the right thing to do. You don't ask what's the legal thing to do. What's the most I can get away with and not be considered, you know, sinning. No, you always ask, what is the wise thing for me to do? And the reason that you need to do this, we've been talking about it, is, you know, as you look back on your life, there's many times that you go, man, I just wasted a whole season of my life. I made some really foolish decisions, some really dumb things that I did. And then sometimes you, you look back at your past and, and you have all these regrets about things that, that you were participating in. In fact, how many of you would say that as you look back that, that you say, yeah, I've got some regrets about my past? Got some regrets? Yeah? All right, here's what I want you to do. Go ahead and turn to the person sitting next to you. Tell them your three biggest regrets that you have in life. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. That would be awkward, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be awkward to, to turn to people, tell them the biggest regrets that you had? Because you're embarrassed by many of those things. You look back and you go, how could I have been so stupid? Man, that, that was foolish that I made those decisions. You look back on it and you go, why didn't I see it coming? You ever said that before? Why didn't I see it coming? That leads me to the first point I want to make to you here this morning. If you're taking notes, there on your outline. If I should have seen it coming, chances are somebody else did see it coming. Let me say it again. If I should have seen it coming, chances are someone in my life did see it coming. But yet, even though they saw it coming, you still ended up in the mess that you ended up in. Why? Well, they're on your outline. Either because you didn't listen or no one warned you. Either you weren't listening or no one warned you. You know, haven't we all had times in our life where people go, you shouldn't date that person. You shouldn't take that job. You shouldn't make that move. You shouldn't make that purchase. And it just went in one ear and right out the other. You didn't listen. And your friends, they warn you and they warn you and they warn you, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And you don't listen to them. So you know what eventually happens? They stop warning you. You know, they, they see something going on in your life and they're like, we should really tell them about this. Well, you, you tell them. No, you, you tell them. No, 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 you, you tell them. I'm not going to tell them. They're not going to listen anyway. You, yeah, you're probably right. They're not. And so people just stop warning you. Even though they saw it coming, you didn't see it coming. And you end up in a lot of messes that you shouldn't end up in. And so the real question is this. If other people can see it coming, then why is it that we can't see it coming? Or let's reverse it. Why is it that you know exactly what your family members and friends should be doing in their life to get themselves out of the mess that they're in, but yet they don't see it? How is it that you have crystal clarity about their life, but they don't have it? And why is it that you don't have crystal clarity about your own life, but other people do? Well, that's what I want to look at here this morning. 
I want to see, okay, how can we get to the place where we can in our own lives see clearly so that one year from now, five years from now, ten years from now, we're not looking back going, should have seen that one coming. Now I've got all these regrets. Now I've got all this pain. I've got all this heartache. I've got all this debt. I've got all these relationships that just are, are trashed. Should have seen it coming. How do we get away from that? How do we get that crystal clarity so that we don't continue in destructive behaviors and relationships or overparent or underparent or overreact or underreact or continue to make just bad financial choices? How do we do that? Well, the answer into why is it that others can see it and we don't see it is this. If you're taking notes, when emotions are high, decision-making gets foggy. Say that again. When emotions are high, decision-making gets foggy. Think about it. The biggest decisions you have in life, aren't they usually emotional? I mean, we're not talking about things like, do I eat frosted mini-wheats or, you know, Chex Mix or, or, or do I eat Cocoa Puffs for breakfast this morning? That's not a big decision. There's no emotion in that. But when it comes to things like, do I take my loved one off of life support? Do I continue in this relationship anymore? Do I make this big financial decision that's going to put us into debt? A lot of emotions there, aren't there? We're very, very emotional. And again, all big decisions involve emotions. It could be, uh, you know, anger. It could be worry. It could be fear. There's all these emotions that are out there that impact our decision-making. And the result is, when emotions are high, what should be very obvious becomes less obvious. In other words, your emotions cloud over your thinking and your, your judgments. Your emotions make it so that you're unable to see what other people can clearly see. This is exactly why I would be the best manager of your money that there is. I'd be a better manager of your money than you're a manager of your money. You know why? I'm not emotionally attached to your money. You are. You'd be going, oh, 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 I, I, gotta, I gotta get this. Gilbert, can, can I get this? I go, no. But, but Gilbert, I, I want it. It's, it's gonna be good for me. I mean, I, I need this. Nope. Nope. But please, please, I, I really, really, nope. Because you're emotionally attached. You, you're having feelings right now and it's like supercharged and you want it. But I'm able to look at it with crystal clarity. I'm not attached to it. And say, you know what? I'm just trying to save you from pain and heartache and regret in the future. This is why, you know, with your family members or friends, you look at their marriage and you go, what's the problem here? Why, why is it in such bad shape? I mean, if you would just simply do this and you would do this and avoid doing that, your marriage would be fine. You can see it, can't you? You're like, how, how can you be so dumb? I mean, it's just one, two, three. Just do these three things and then you wouldn't be this way. But why can't they see it? Because emotions, they're so high. 
This is why through the years, you know, people come to me, and Lisa and I don't even have kids, but they come to me for parenting advice. And a lot of times they say, man, you gave us the absolute best parenting advice we've gotten from anybody. You know why I give good parenting advice? I'm not emotionally attached to your kids. And because I don't have kids, I don't even have those feelings of empathy of what it's like to have kids. So I'm able to say, here's just black and white. This is what you should do. And you're like, wow, that's good stuff. See, when you have kids, you're in a fog for 18 years. I'm not in the fog. <laughs> I can see it. It, it. Here it is. This is what you need to do. Is this making sense? When emotions are high, we have trouble making good decisions because we're in that fog. It's cloudy for us. This also explains, by the way, why it is that you can later on, a, a month later, or a year later, five years later, look back on some of the things and go, what in the world was I thinking? See, in the moment you were full of lust and pride or greed or jealousy or envy or rage or, you know, you name it, there was anger going on. You have all these feelings and you made some really bad decisions. But now that time has passed, a month, a year, five years, you look back and those feelings have subsided. You're not in the moment anymore. And you're able to look back with clarity and go, wow, that was really dumb. Here's what I should have done. The problem, of course, is you already did it. You've already wrecked a lot of things. You've already destroyed a lot of things. The damage is done. So the question then becomes this. They're on your outline. How do I choose the wise thing to do when emotions are high and appetites are all worked up? And the answer is listen. You got to listen. Wise people recognize when there are no condition to decide for themselves, by themselves. You know, wise people are the people that go, you know what? I'm pretty emotional about this right now. So I better ask somebody for some help in making this decision. Wise people go, you know what? I am super angry right now. I, I better not just make a decision. I, I better call somebody in and ask for some advice here. Wise people go, I am really really lonely. And I know that with all these emotions that I'm feeling right now, I'm going to make a really bad decision if I'm left to myself. So I'm going to call somebody in my life group and I'm going to ask for some godly advice on how to handle this situation. Again, is this all making sense? You can't do this on your own. When emotions are high, you're in a fog. You're going to make bad decisions. So what you need to do is recognize that and go, I'm really emotional. I need to listen to the advice of someone else. Now, not just someone else, but also digging into God's Word. You've heard me say this before. Every single question that you have in life, the answer is found in here. You want to be a better parent? It's in here. You want to be a better spouse? It's in here. You want to know how to handle your finances better? It's in here. You want to know how to handle your issues with pride or envy or rage or anger or whatever? It's all in here. And so when emotions are high, you can't just be making decisions yourself. You've got to seek out other people and you need to seek out God's word to see what does God have to say about my situation. See, this is literally God's word to us. You know, a lot of people think this is just one big book, but it's not. It's actually 66 books all combined together into one collection. It's written by about 40 or so different authors. 
But those authors were inspired by God in what to write down. So it's not the words of man to us, it's the actual word of God to us. Now, one of those authors was a guy by the name of Solomon. Let me tell you a little bit about Solomon. Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived. Solomon was the son of King David, and when Solomon became the king, Israel, the the land that he ruled over, and the Jewish people, it went through a great time of prosperity. It went through a great time of peace. In fact, we could say that it it was Israel's golden age. It had never been better for Israel than when Solomon was first reigning and and ruling there in the kingdom. Now, something else you need to understand about Solomon is this. You know how some people, you like look at them and you're like, wow, that that person, like when it comes to like math and numbers and stuff, like they have a real gift of numbers. I mean, they just, it's in them. They just somehow make it all work. Or some people, you look at them and you're like, they have a real gift for music. I mean, God's just blessed them with with the ability to, to just know how to play music and sing and do all kinds of stuff. It's, it's a gift. Well, Solomon had a gift as well, but this wasn't one that he was actually born with. This is one that he asked God for. You see, when Solomon first became the king of Israel, God comes to him. He says, Solomon, I will give you anything that you want. Now think about that. God coming to you, giving you a blank check. You can get anything that you want. And I'm sure Solomon's going, ooh, 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 um, uh, I, I know Microsoft isn't going to come up with it for thousands of years yet, but how about an Xbox? Uh, you know, and so he's thinking about these things, you know, an Xbox, no, 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 I, that wouldn't be good. Uh, uh, oh, oh, uh, the, the new model of the chariot is out, and I could get a new chariot with, you know, the golden rims on it and everything. Yeah, that would be, and he's thinking about that, and he's like, oh, no, no I, I could ask for a really hot girlfriend. Yeah, that's what I could do. I could get a, and he's like, no, that's not good either. Finally, he's like, you know what, God, here, here's what I want. God, give me wisdom to rule and reign over your people? That's a really good answer, isn't it? He doesn't ask for selfish things. He says, God, give me wisdom. Now, God was so impressed by this answer that he actually gave him all the other stuff too. And so not only was Solomon like the wisest man who ever lived, he was one of the richest men who ever lived as well. And what's so amazing is that people started to hear about the wisdom of Solomon and how smart this guy was, that it didn't matter what problem you had, that you could go to Solomon and get an answer for it. Look at 1 Kings chapter 4. We're going to begin with verse 29. It says, God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. Then down in verse 31, he was wiser than anyone else, and his fame spread to all the surrounding nations. Verse 34, Kings all over the world heard about Solomon's wisdom and sent people to listen to him teach. I mean, other kings were so impressed by Solomon that when they had a major problem in their kingdom, they would load up a wagon full of gold or other great resources and have one of their servants take it to Israel to meet with Solomon and say, here, you can have this whole wagon full of money and riches if you'll just simply answer my master's question." Now, those people had to travel thousands sometimes of miles in order to get the wisdom of Solomon. You don't have to travel thousands of miles. You know why? Because he wrote a lot of it down for us. Solomon actually wrote three books of the Bible. He writes the book of Ecclesiastes, which is all about meaning and purpose in life. 
He wrote a book all about sex and marriage called The Song of Solomon or The Song of Songs. Then his most famous book is what's called The Book of Proverbs or what's sometimes called The Sayings of the Wise. And basically what he does, and and Proverbs is such an easy book to read because it's just like little one-liners, things like you could put on your refrigerator magnet or on the front of a t-shirt, just these little words and nuggets of wisdom that you, you read through and you're like, wow, that's really smart. Well, yeah, because God gave him the wisdom in what to say and, and what to write down. And so what's fascinating about Solomon is here you have the wisest man who ever lived who writes over and over and over and over in the book of Proverbs about seeking counsel from other people. That wise people don't just make all the decisions themselves, they actually seek out help and advice and then they listen to that. Let's actually look at a couple of them here. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 9. Solomon says, if you have good sense, instruction will help you to have even better sense. Proverbs 1, 5. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. Proverbs 15, 22. Plans fail without good advice, but they succeed with the advice of many others. Proverbs 19.20, get all the advice that you can and be wise for the rest of your life. Proverbs 13.10, pride only leads to arguments, but those who take advice are what? Those who take advice are wise. So Solomon, he keeps talking about this over and over and over again throughout the book of Proverbs. I just gave you five examples of him saying, if you want to be wise, it can't just be all about you. You've got to seek out the advice and the wisdom of myself and my word and of others. So I would encourage you, read through the book of Proverbs. And as you're doing it, also go ahead and read through the book of 1 Kings. Because what you're going to see there is sort of the the chronological order of uh, Solomon's life. And you're going to see why he was writing about some of the various things he was writing about. Sort of the context of what was going on. And as you read it, what you'll find is at the beginning of the story... Solomon, again, things are going really, really, really good for him. But by the end, it gets really bad. You know why? Because Solomon got too big for his own britches. Solomon started to not take his own advice. He's going, I'm the wisest man who ever lived. Why would I need to seek advice? Why would I need counsel from other people? And as he continues down this path of of pride, basically, he starts to ruin Israel to the point that by the time he's done his rule and reign, they're in a financial mess, and he has set up the future generations for just a lot of pain and heartache and regret because he started getting these alliances and treaties with surrounding nations that he was not supposed to be involved in. Again, the wisest man who ever lived who should have known better, decides that I don't need the help of other people any longer. I don't need to listen to them anymore. And even though the prophets were warning him, even though the people were warning him, even though God's word was warning him, he just kept on doing his own thing. Solomon does the exact same thing that you and I are prone to do. 
that hurts us right now and hurts our legacy in the future, and that is we fail to listen to the advice of others. Some of you are going, this is brilliant. Let me write that down. I should listen to other people. Wow, how, how do you come up with such? No, 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 you're not saying that. You've heard this before, that you can't do life alone, that you need to listen to others, that you need to listen to the Word of God. This isn't rocket science that we're talking about. This isn't some brilliant insight. I'm telling you what you already know. But yet, we fail to do it. Right? There's those times you go, I should have seen it coming. People warned me about it, but yet I did it anyway. Why? Why do we continue to do it? Well, three reasons here this morning. If you're taking notes, the first one is this. Because I already know what wise people are going to say, and I don't want to hear it. Think back to when you were a teenager. You knew exactly what your parents were going to say. Right? But you didn't want to hear it, so you didn't even talk to them about it. Because you wanted to do your thing. Don't stare down your kids like that. That's, that's just mean, Teresa. Wow. <laughs> She's got like the death stare going. I'm like, whoa, I'm, I'm scared and I'm not even her kid. <laughs> Those are good kids right there. They are really good kids. They are. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> right? Teenagers, you're like, oh, I don't want to hear that. So, but here's the thing. Many of us haven't outgrown our teen years, have we? We know what people are going to advise us to do. We don't want to hear it, so we just don't ask them. Remember a couple weeks ago, week two of the series, we said people that know, but they don't care. You remember what the Bible calls them? What was it? Right, fools. We make a lot of foolish decisions because... We just simply don't ask other people for their help and for their advice. Number two, I don't think it's anybody else's business. People go, look, it's my marriage. It's my money. It's my job. It's my kids. Just leave me alone. It's none of your business. I mean, if you want to pray about it, you can pray about it, but don't actually talk to me about it. I want to hear your advice. I'm just going to live my life on my own because it is none of your business. But here's what you need to realize. There is nothing in life that doesn't at some point, in some way, affect other people. Private decisions eventually have public consequences of some sort. And so since your actions and your words are going to affect other people, you can't just make all your decisions alone, especially, again, when emotions are high. You're going to make some bad decisions. So it is other people's business. See, it's not that other people don't care about you and don't want to share and help you. It's that a lot of times you don't care yourself. And that's why we don't get the advice that we need. Number three, pride. You know, all of us think that we actually know more than what we do. I've said this for years. You know, there's no one smarter than an eighth grader. If you don't believe me, just ask them. They'll tell you. Right? You met an eighth grader recently? Whew, they think they know it all. 
know, 16, 17, 18-year-old think they got the world by the tail. I know everything that I need to know. Then you get to be 25 and you look back at your 17-year-old self and you go, <laughs> how foolish was I? I thought I knew what was going on back then, but I don't. But then you get to 35 and you look back at your 25-year-old self and you go, I thought I knew it all then too. Turns out I didn't. See, it doesn't matter how old you are, you're always going to be able to look back in life and say, I wish I knew then what I know now. We, we continue to get more experience and we continue to get wiser and wiser as time goes on. But pride has us to the point that we like, right now I know it all. But you don't know it all. And so that's why we need to seek out the advice of others. Because again, I don't care how old you are right now, five years from now you're going to look back and you're going to go, oh, I didn't know it all. I should have asked godly people for wisdom to help me make good decisions. Now, here's the other thing about pride. You know, when it comes to outcomes in life, there's two uh, ends of the spectrum. There's wild success, and then there's utter failure. And at both ends of, those, uh, of the, the spectrum there, we end up with pride. Because when you're wildly successful, pride can well up because you start to think, my stuff doesn't stink. Look at me. Because when you're really successful, people start to gather around you. And because they're like, wow, this is somebody really successful. And, and they like, they want to be around you all the time and hanging out. And, and your jokes are funnier than what they really should be. Because, ha, 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 you know, wow, you know, I like this person, right? They're coming to you for advice for all kinds of things. Because you were really successful in one area of life. They just assume, well, they must be successful in all areas of life. So I'm going to ask them wisdom and, you know, other things. And all of a sudden, you start to believe you're impressed. And you start to go, I am successful. I don't need the help of other people. And even though maybe you're only successful in one area, you start to think that I know everything about everything in every area of life. And so pride prevents you from then asking people for help. Now, the opposite end of the spectrum is then failure. But you can have pride and failure as well. You know how that happens? Because when, when you fail, you're humiliated. You're embarrassed by it. It brings up insecurities within yourself. And you know that I, I'm in a bad place right now. And if I go and ask somebody for help, it's going to bring all those emotions back up. I'm going to be embarrassed by what I have to share. I'm going to have all these feelings of, of insecurity just well back up. And so pride keeps you from going and asking for help. Because you don't want people to know that you have weakness in your life. And so this is exactly what happens with, with Solomon. He gets to the place where he's just like, I'm successful, I'm wise, I don't need help. And it all started to fall apart for him. He didn't get the advice than he needed. His kingdom was destroyed. And so while there's a lot of wisdom in the writings of Solomon, there's also a lot of wisdom that we can learn in avoiding the example of Solomon as well. That we need to seek out others. We need to listen to sound counsel. Wise people know that when emotions are high, man, I've got to hit the pause button and seek other people out for help. Wise people know that you know what, I can't let pride get in my way of seeking out advice. 
Wise people know that in every moment, in every situation, you got to go, all right, in light of my past experiences, in light of my current circumstances, in light of my future hopes and dreams, not only what is the wise thing to do, but what are other wise people advising me to do? See, wise people know that in those moments, they got to stop and listen, 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 listen to the counsel of others. Now, I've said this before, and this is how I'll close. Make sure you're getting godly wisdom. And this is why life groups are so important. You need people in your life that you know are trying to follow God's word as best as possible, that they have already asked Jesus to forgive them of their sins. They've asked him to be the leader of their life, and every day they're trying to become more and more like him so that when you gather together and you're asking for advice, you know that it's going to come based on the word of God, not just their own personal opinion. You know, you, you don't go to your, your person at work that's on their fourth marriage and ask them for marriage advice. You don't go to your uncle who is dead broke and, and, you know, is in deep debt and say, well, help me to get out of debt. He hasn't figured out how to get out of debt. So how's he going to help you to get out of debt? You go to people who are already successful in the area that you want to be successful in. If you want to know how to raise better kids, go to people who have great kids. And ask them, what did you do? What was the secret? What, what are some of the lessons that you learned? Same thing financially or, or, you know, any other area of life. Go to people who are already wise in that area and say, look, right now I'm very emotional about this. And I'm afraid I'm not going to make a very good decision. So can you help walk me through this process? So if you're not involved in a life group yet, that's something you need to do. We've got groups that, you know, meet here at the church, that meet in various people's homes and in and businesses and, and, you know, coffee shops and various things. Get involved in a group. Make sure you have people that you're doing life together with deeply that will give you that counsel that Solomon wrote so much about there in the book of Proverbs. This makes sense this morning? Again, it wasn't rocket science, but you can do it. You can do it. We want to get to the place that we don't go, man, I should have seen it coming. Get to the place where you're like, other people do see it coming, and I'm going to get their advice and how to make this next step that God has asked me to take. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this uh, day and this time that we've had together to, to praise and, and worship you through music and through the preaching and teaching of your word. Lord, I, I pray that your spirit has been speaking to us. Uh, each and every person that's uh, here this morning, each and every person that's listening to this podcast, that, Lord, we would realize that we can't do life on our own. That, God, it is all about you. It's about your word, and it's about the wise, godly people that you've placed in our lives. Father, I pray that we wouldn't be so full of pride that we would keep ourselves from, from seeking out that advice. Help us to humble ourselves and say, I don't have it all figured out. Jesus, I need your help through the power of your Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me and direct me in the ways that you'd have me to go. And I need people in my life that will guide me and guard me from the things that are going to harm me. Lord, again, help us just to swallow our pride and seek you out and seek others out for this wisdom that Solomon talks about. Lord, help us to learn from the example of Solomon that when things were going good, he was seeking wisdom, he was seeking counsel. But then when things fell apart, he had stopped doing that. So again, help us to learn from that example and not be like Solomon. 
Help us. Help us help us to seek others and to seek you with all of our heart. As your word says that we shouldn't lean on our own understanding, but in all of our ways we need to acknowledge you and you will direct our steps. And so, Lord, help us to take a, a practical next step here today as a result of what we've heard. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.